Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Well, we're at the end of the year. Hard to imagine. Part of us is grateful, good, glad it's over, but the other part goes, well, what's changed? But I wanted to talk to you this morning about uh, how do you and I live a life that God wants us to live? Because I hope you're here today and that's what you want to do. I want to live a life for God that would please Him. And so whenever we get to that point, I always end up going to Philippians chapter 3. It says verses 12 to 14 in your notes. Really, we're going to look through 16, okay? So I've given you a couple bonus verses that you'll get at the end. So I always go there, it seems like, because Paul so accurately describes this walk that you and I have with God and how we have to maneuver it and what we need to do in order for us to live the life that can be lived and pleasing God and doing what He wants. So we're going to pick out some things out of here that you can put into application in your life to help you live the life that God wants. Number one, face the truth face the truth. Now, I I know this might be hard for some of you, but here's the truth. I'm just going to give it to you in a nutshell real quickly, really simply. You ready? You're not perfect. And let me give you some good news. The person next to you isn't perfect either. Yeah, I like that a little bit better, huh? So, notice what Paul says in verse 12. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Dear brothers and sisters, now I have not achieved it. I'm not all I want to be. I'm not all I need to be. I I need to improve. I need to be better. I need to recognize that God has work to do in me, and no matter how old you are, you still have room for God to work in your life. And so you and I keep reaching forward. He says, profess the perfection. Perfection is a kind of a hard word because nobody's perfect, but yet you and I are called to be whole, complete people in God's sight. Now, when I do this, here's what I cannot do. I cannot compare my life to somebody else's, because you will always find somebody that you're better than. You will always find someone that you know a little bit more than, someone that you act a little bit better than. You can always find that. No, what you need to do, and you're going to be much better off doing this in the year ahead, try to be better than the person you are rather than trying to be better than someone else. You deal with you. Who is the person God wants me to be? Who He created me to be? I need to look at what I should be, and I'm not there yet. I haven't got my act together yet. I just need to be honest about where I am in life and what's going on. Now, don't beat yourself up. Don't pat yourself on the back. You see, there's things in your past you just need to let go of. So you don't beat yourself, oh, I'm a horrible person, oh, I'm I'm never going to make it. No, 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 that's not going to help you. And don't go, well, I'm good, man. How do you improve on perfection? I mean, I'm I'm pretty close. I'm not perfect, but I'm close to perfect. 
No, you're not. And so you come to that place where you and I have to recognize, you know what? I'm at a place in life where I need to understand I am not everything that God wants me to be. That's the truth. How do I know that? Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is speaking. Notice what he says. You are to be perfect, whole, complete, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's the bar you and I are to go to. That bar's high, isn't it? So you and I need to recognize, hold it, when I measure my life to the person that God wants me to be and to the person hopefully I want to be, I'm not there yet. So I've got some work to do. So you have work to do in the year ahead, don't you? So what you do is face the truth. That's where you begin. That's where everything starts in life. You and I have to be honest. Now, I've told you this before. Let me just tell you again. The person you most lie to in life is yourself. You tell yourself all kinds of things that aren't true. Come on, you know you do. I have to be truthful. I have to be honest. God, I'm not there. I, I, I'm short. God goes, good. Now we, got, we can start. Now we can go. So that's where you begin. Next, you focus on one thing on one thing. Notice what he says. He says, I'm not there yet. I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Now, there are a lot of things in life that vie for your attention. There are things that distract us and tempt us there's worries that pull us off. There's fears that we grabble onto. There's desires that shift us into a certain place. And you and I have this hard time of staying focused on anything, let alone this one thing. And for some of you, it's really a struggle because you've got your focus there and suddenly, oh, a squirrel. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just the way it goes, right? Oh, let's go over here. Oh, oh what about over here? over here? All of those things might be good in and of themselves but they're not the best thing in life. The enemy of the best thing in life are the good things in life. And so I have to come to that place where I focus on one thing. Jesus was talking to a crowd of people and give them a story. In Luke chapter 8, notice a part of it, and here's what he says. The seeds that the farmer was sowing fell among thorns, and they represent those who hear the message but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. You allow the cares, the pleasures, the problems, the issues to distract you from what really matters. And everywhere around us is distractions. That's why there's advertisements. That's why there's commercials. It's fascinating to me. I can be watching a football game, which, by the way, today, everybody keeping track of the Packers? Okay, just want to make sure. You, you know, we're at the top, just, just so you got it. I, I can be watching them play, and suddenly there's a commercial, and Taco Bell comes on. I want a taco. Oh, they're selling that now? I need to stop by there. Isn't it amazing how that works? We think, oh, no, I'm above it. No, we're not. 
And so he says, look, God's Word comes into your life, but there's so many things in life that distract you, that come after you, that take you away from what's there. Even one day he's sitting in a house and there's two women and they're trying to prepare a lunch for them and the crowd and one of them gets ticked off because the other one isn't doing her job and she comes to Jesus and she says, look, why don't you tell her to get herself into the kitchen and to help me? In Luke chapter 10, verse 41, Jesus says to her, the Lord says to her, Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it won't be taken away from her. Wow. That's a pretty strong rebuke, isn't it? You're worried about all the details, getting the food ready. It needs to be done. But it's not the most important thing in life. Well, Pastor, what is the most important thing in life? Glad you ask. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. Seek to please God and to honor Him, and live a life that glorifies Him, and He'll take care of everything else for you. Because you'll do what you need to do, you'll be present in where you need to be present, and you can live in a way that pleases God. And so you have to focus on one thing. What really matters in life? Me serving God. Me becoming the person that God wants me to be. That's why I was put on this planet. If I fail at that, I'm a failure in life. So, face the truth. Focus on one thing. This is the priority of my life. The other things are there, and I'll deal with them. But see, I can prepare the meal in a manner that honors God, can't I? Or I can prepare the meal that gets me ticked off and ticks off everybody else. We won't talk about the last couple of days at all, okay? Focus on one thing. This is the priority of my life. This is what matters. Then, forget the past. Forget the past. Notice what he says. Forgetting the past. I have to purposely keep putting the past behind me. Now, every one of us in this room have things in our past that we regret. Every one of us have things in our past that we're not proud of. And as you get older, you say, boy, I wish I would have known then what I know now. But here's the truth of life. If you live your life looking back at your past, you will make a mess of your life. The past is past. It's done. You can't go back and undo it. You can't go back and change it. It's the way that it is. Now, I need to learn from my past. I don't need to keep rehearsing it. I don't think that I can go back and undo it. I don't need to live with remorse or regret. 
I don't need to repeat the past mistakes. Now, if you keep repeating the past mistakes, then you, you've got to really deal with that issue. And you see, the past so many times wants to control you. And there's many pictures of our past that we wish we could destroy. You can't be bitter about the past. Well, if this person hadn't done that, and this person wouldn't have treated me like this, and if this hadn't happened, this one, I could be at a better place now. You know, I could really do that, and everything would be better if, if the wish wasn't the past. And, you know, look what I've done, and how am I going to get over this, and you know, what goes on, and boy, I wish I would have done something different, and you end up beating yourself up, and you end up making poor decisions in life because you're just trying to recover. You're trying to make better. You're trying to, well, I did this. Let me make up for it over here. Let me try to do this. It's gone. It's over. Well, but you don't understand, Pastor. I feel so bad. Well, let me give you one little verse in the Bible. There's a lot, but let me give you this one. Romans 8, verse 1. So now, today, this moment, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. God's not trying to beat you up. Don't you do it either. Well, okay, another verse. I'll, I'll give you another one. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. As you begin the next year, leave the past year behind. Let your past go. God wants to do something new in your life. Well, but you don't understand. I did this, and so now I'm disqualified. Now God can't use me because I've done this and this. Look, all of us have done things that we wish we wouldn't have done. But God, that doesn't stop God from using you. God never looks at you and says, well, they're damaged. I can't use them anymore. God specializes in taking our faults and our problems, our fears, our hurts, our pain, our failures, and turning them around and making something beautiful out of them. And He can use your past, but you have to be willing to let it go, to leave it behind. Because you see, every day when you wake up, you get a brand new start. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. A new start every day. Do not allow your past to control your future. Let go of it. If you hold on to the anger, the bitterness, the resentment, the fear, the guilt, the regret, all it will do is poison you and hurt you and hinder you from being the person that God wants you to be. Jesus Christ came to forgive our sins. And He not only forgives them, He forgets them. Go on. Let it go. Now, to do that, you're going to have to then fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Now, we've thought about, we've looked at this over the last month or two about fixing our thoughts. Remember that word fix? That word fix has two meanings. One, pay attention to it. Focus on it. Stay attached to it. Fix, change it. It's fi broken. Fix it. 
Fix your thoughts. So here's what he says in verse 13. I look forward to what lies ahead. So in other words, I'm not going to keep looking back. I'm going to look forward. I'm going to look at the things that I have in front of me rather than what's behind me. Because if I keep looking behind me, I will wreck my life. If you drive a car always looking behind you, you're going to hit somebody in front of you. You're going to go off the road. And so I come to that place where I'm going to focus on the future. Now, here's the problem. You and I remember the things we should forget and forget the things we should remember. We tend to focus on the negative, don't we? But see, when we look ahead, I look at the future. Now, let me repeat myself again. The future looks good. Well, how can you say that? You know, what's going to happen in this next month politically? What's going to happen economically? What disease? How can you say it looks good? It's very simple. The Bible says the righteous live by their faith. And faith is always positive. God's in control. Come on, you you should all be able to agree with that one pretty easily. God's in control. And I can let the past go when I turn my attention to the future. Very simple transition. You stop looking back, you start looking forward. You don't dread the future, you look forward to it. Who knows what God has in store? Well, what if this keeps going on? What if this happens? What if they do this? God's in control. And so I have to fix my thoughts on what is right. For some of you, you're holding on to some things that you believe are correct. You would call them convictions. Well, I have really strong convictions about this. Okay? If your conviction is hindering your progress, you need to get rid of your conviction. Now, a conviction is, I believe Jesus Christ died on a cross, will come again, and He's the only way to salvation. That's a conviction I can hold on to. But there's other things that you and I hold on to, and we try to make them spiritual. We try to make them important because we want to keep doing them, and we don't want to change. And how many relationships have been ruined over somebody's conviction of thinking they're right and the other person's wrong? We're good at that, aren't we? And so, again, I've told you this before, none of your actions change until your way of thinking changes. You change your actions by your thoughts. And so, it's not enough just to forget. I have to focus on what lies ahead. Matthew 6, 21, wherever your treasure is, whatever is valuable to you, there the desires of your heart will also be. Whatever you make important is where your life will follow. So if my priority is God and want to do what's right, then my heart follows that, doesn't it? But if I make other things critical, and oh, this is really important, my heart follows that too, doesn't it? Which affects my actions and my attitudes. And so I have to come to that place where I have to 
look forward to what lies ahead, knowing that in the future, God is there, and I will be there as well, a better person because of His presence in my life. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21, since you heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature. That's something you have to do. And your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Lust meaning it's a desire, I want it. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Do you know God wants to help your thought life? He wants to change it. I believe one of the biggest mistakes that Christians make is someone comes, accepts Christ as their Savior, but nothing changes in the way they're thinking. So how can they be a new person if they're still acting the same way and thinking the same way? The Holy Spirit wants to renew thoughts and attitudes. It will be different than the way the rest of the world thinks, by the way. We don't think like everybody else. In fact, to them, we're weird. We're weird. But we're right. Now, here's the really bad news. I'm sorry to do this to you. You're going to have to fight for the prize. You mean this is work? Yep. You you mean this, I can't say a prayer and it just happens? Nope. Notice what he says, verse 14. I press on, I work, I go forward to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Doing what is right is a battle. It's not easy. It's hard. You have to fight for it. I don't know if you've ever run track or run endurance races, but there's uh, an understanding that good runners have in that as they run, it's really great for a while, but as they progress in the race, when they get about three quarters of the way done, something inside of them starts happening and their chest starts burning and their mouth starts getting sore and they don't, can't swallow and everything dries up and it's just horrible, it burns, it hurts. That's where a lot of people quit. And they just think, I just can't go on anymore. And a little bit farther on, as you go on, you're thinking, I just want to die. But you fight through that to finish the race, to get the prize. You see, the Bible talks about you and I dying. Well, that's no fun at all. Saying no to me. You know, I have to fight for it. You see, now, by nature, we're pacifist. Two things. We're pacifist and we're lazy. Well, peace, not war. You know, we live in a world. Oh, everybody should just get along. Let's not fight anybody. It's not the way it works. There is a spiritual battle going on, and we're involved in it. And there is an enemy who doesn't want you to please God. And he will do everything he can. He will bring on the distractions. He will bring up the past. He will bring up your failures and your hurts, your fears, your worries. He'll bring them all up. 
And you have to fight to say, no, I'm not going to give in to that. That's not the way I'm going to be. That's not the truth that is there. I'm going to do what's right no matter what. And you have to fight. Well, can't somebody just say a prayer over me and let this be gone? I wish it was that simple. There's a battle that you're in. And this next year will be a battle for you to do what's right for God. What's the prize? Paul talks about it. He says, heaven. I get to be in heaven. That's a great prize. So you see, he's really looking forward, isn't he? It's one of the keys, isn't it? Not just doing it for here, I'm doing it for there too as well. First Timothy, Paul writes to a young man that he had kind of taken under his wing and mentored. He says, you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life which God has called you, which you have declared so well by many witnesses. In other words, Timothy, do more than just talk a good talk. Walk the walk. 2 Timothy 4, 6, as for me, he says, my life's already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I love this. I fought a good fight. He recognizes it, doesn't he? I finished the race. I've remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. Wow. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. The prize is there. The fight is there. Well, can't it be easy and I won't have any fun? Oh, no, no, no. You do what God wants you to do. You're going to have the greatest life possible. Now, here's the problem. There's a little voice in the back of our heads that that doesn't believe that. We think if I really sell out to God and do this and fight for this and do this, that life isn't going to be as enjoyable. It will be. You keep going on. You keep doing it. But it's a battle. Yes, it is. Again, let me give you something. I've told you this before. I'll just tell it to you again. Here's here's the principle of life, so to speak. The wrong decision at first is easy. It gets harder. The right decision is hard. It gets easier. You see, you choose to do what you want to do, live how you want to live. All you're going to do is make your life harder for yourself, aren't you? But if you do what God wants you to do and do what's right, life gets a lot easier, a lot more enjoyable, a lot better. And so you and I have to fight for the prize. It doesn't just happen automatically. It's not, you don't get to coast along. There's a battle going on. God, I'm going to run this race. I'm going to please you. I'm going to forget the past. I'm going to do what is right. I know I'm not everything I need to be, but I'm not going to give up yet. And I'm going to focus on what's ahead of me and what's there. And I'm going to let what the past is. It's gone. I can't fix it. Let me learn from it. Let me grow out of it. But let me do what you want me to do and be the person you want me to be and bring it on. Because with God, we win. He's always victorious. You may lose a battle, but you will not lose the war. 
And so you and I keep fighting. Last thing, faithfully keep progressing. Faithfully keep progressing. There's a couple of words that the Bible uses that you and I don't like. Persevere. Endure. Don't give up. Keep going. Don't throw in the towel. Notice what he says in verse 15 and 16. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. And if you disagree on some point, if you'll listen, God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Here's what should happen. At the end of this year, I should be able to look at the beginning of the year for a moment and know, okay, I'm not everything I need to be, but compared with a year ago, I'm a little bit better than I was. And in this next year, I'm going to keep progressing. I'm going to keep growing. Because if you'll give a little bit here before long, you'll be given a lot. And so you keep going on. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Again, Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Timothy, don't just walk it. Don't just talk it. Talk it and walk it live that life. Titus, he writes this in chapter 2. We're instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, devotion to God while we look forward with hope. Hope is a great word, isn't it? To that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. There is hope in the future. There is joy in the future. And so when he closes the letter to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, he begins to wrap it up and he says, brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful. You see, joy to the world, the Lord has come, but just because Christmas is over doesn't mean the joy is gone. Be joyful. Grow to maturity. Encourage each other. If you think you're going to be able to do this all on your own, you can't. You need someone to help you. You need someone who will say, that's wrong. You'll need someone who will say, that's right. Trying to do it all by yourself is one of the greatest lies the enemy will give to you. You need someone to walk with you through it, that will help you in it, that will point out areas in your life. Encourage each other. Live in harmony and peace then the God and love of peace will be with you. That's what we live for. So as we've looked at this today, is there an area here that you would say, you know what? If I'm going to be the person that God wants me to be, and if I'm going to live the life that would please Him and live the life that He wants, there's some things I've got to address and some issues that I've got to look at. Maybe there's a point or two here you'd say, that one, that one, I, I, God help me. Maybe you're here today listening and you're not a Christian and you've been trying to live life on your own, do your own thing, thinking you're right, thinking you know what's best and you've got your plans made and you think you understand it better and you don't really need all of this. But 
as you're doing that, you recognize your life isn't getting better. It's just getting worse. Maybe today you need to change and come to a place where you accept what God wants and live the life that He wants for you, not the life you want to live. Because the life He wants is better than the life you want. So would we take a moment, just every one of us, God, I hear you. I see that this is an area in my life that I need to address. Would you help me? Would you help me? I'm being honest, God. Here it is. Help me. So would you just take a moment? Just you and God. God, here it is. Lord, we thank you today that you came so that we could have life and have it to the full, abundant living. That you always want what's best for us. And your ways are much higher than ours and much better than ours. And so, Lord, as we end this year, look forward to another one. Would you help us to focus our attention on the one thing that matters? To make you the priority of our life to seek to honor you in everything that we do and say, letting the past go, not letting it be in control, looking forward to what you have in store for us ahead, fighting to stay true to you no matter what. And you will help us. You don't have us do all this on our own. You will help us thank you for the life, for the help that you give to us as we live to please you and to do what you want above all else. In thy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.